Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, of course, following the podcast, our YouTube page, 94WIP. Subscribe there. Get all the video podcasts that myself and Tucker Bagley put up. All right, it's Saturday. You know what that means. NFL picks for week number four across the NFL. Coming off finally. I, I knew it was coming. I promised you guys it was coming. A good week. 3-1-1 one, and one last week if you were in on the picks with me. Uh, the first couple of weeks, not quite as great. 3-7. and seven, So on the season, 6-8-1 and one through the first couple of weeks. And it is time to get over 500 with this week's picks. All right. I got five picks for you, as always, across the NFL. Try to bet and win against the spread. As I record this on a Friday, there's some uncertainty with one quarterback injury-wise within a game I like. I'm going to stick with the game. If the quarterback is out, obviously the line will get better. By the time you listen to this, you may be able to get a great number on the game with the uncertainty. I'll give you, all, of course, all the updated spreads as I record this podcast. But let's start off with the game. I mean, it's the marquee game of the weekend, and it is the Miami Dolphins against the Buffalo Bills. Dolphins getting three in Buffalo, and I'm taking Miami. I think right now Miami is the best team in the AFC. And will they be in January? I have no idea, but right now they are. They're averaging 43.3 points per game. They're only the 27 team in the wild card era, right? So since 1990 to have at least 35 points per game on average through three games, like to have this kind of start offensively juggernaut kind of start. The last team to do it, another one that got doubted was the 2017 Rams. Uh, They were on the road in week four. They were a five-point underdog to the Dallas Cowboys. They won that game outright 35-30. to I think we're looking at the best offensive pro football. 
Tua Tagovailoa, I was dead wrong on. I just, I was so wrong on him. He has developed into a tremendous quarterback, and he's the perfect point guard for that system they have going on with those speed receivers and those backs right now. And when the line moves to, towards Tua, you know, it opened about three and a half. It's down to three. When the line moves towards Tua, he's won 11 of his last 12 starts straight up. Plus, on the other side, Josh Allen coming off a clean game. He hasn't had consecutive starts without a giveaway since 2020. Josh Allen, he, he doesn't handle prosperity well, and I do think there's a real chance he will turn the football over here. And Buffalo's, you know, pass rush, which is very good, had a great week last week against the Commanders. But this Dolphins offensive line, they're pretty good. Top half of the league in pass block win rate, and Tua gets rid of the football fast. I love McDaniels in this matchup against Sean McDermott. Jordan Poyer is out for Buffalo. It will be you know, decent weather because it is early October. You know, if this game is in, you know, last year Miami played in Buffalo in late December and they played in Buffalo in early January. That That's not when the Dolphins should be playing in Buffalo. That's not good for the Dolphins. What's good for the Dolphins is a spot now early in the season while the weather is still on their side. I think Miami's the better team. I think Miami's the best team in the AFC East. They're getting points here. I am taking the team with the more reliable quarterback right now. I'm taking the team with the better coach right now, and I'm taking the team catch your points right now. Give me Miami plus the three for game number one. Our game two, and if you've been following the picks pod throughout the four weeks uh, you know, so far this season, you just are probably just waiting for my Steelers pick because I take them literally every single week. And we have cast twice. We lost week one. And I, the more I'm removed from week one, the more I believe the Steelers' issues were more of a product of they played two of the five best defensive pro football week one and two. They played the best team maybe potentially in the NFL right now, the Niners overall team in the NFL in week one. So I think the early season ugliness of some of their stats and their rankings, they're misleading. The Steelers are a good football team. The Steelers have a chance to be a playoff team. I still believe in their ceiling as they get better and they've Picked up two wins in a row now against the Browns, which is a good win. And then last week on the road, Sunday Night Football against the Las Vegas Raiders. And now because of, I think, the uncertainty around Pittsburgh, their overall numbers, you know, you look at the rankings and and points, you know, per drive and all that, they're down. And I think you're catching a good number because they're still fresh in people's minds that they haven't looked that good offensively. You get a good number. They are three-point favorites on the road against the Texans. If the Texans hadn't won yet, I wouldn't be in on this bet. The Texans won last week on the road, divisional game. Very young team. Very young coach. Can they handle prosperity? I don't know. You know, we'll find out. I'm going to bet against it. Over the last two seasons, when T.J. Watt plays, the Steelers were 10-2 and two straight up and against the spread. He's a, he's a game changer. He doesn't get talked about like Miles Garrett or Micah Parsons or Nick Bosa. He's every bit the player. He's every bit the player. T.J. Watt already has like, I think, 75 or 80 sacks in his career in that range, and he's really just gotten getting going. He's special. I mean, he's a special player. They dominate with him. And here's something to watch out for. C.J. Stroud, no picks yet. Okay, He's tied with Justin Herbert, most pass attempts in the NFL without an interception. The Steelers' defense, they're already taking away the ball four times. They've already taken four picks away from the quarterbacks they faced. I think they get one on Sunday, Stroud's first mistake. And Mike Tomlin, against rookie quarterbacks, 23-4. and four. It's the best record any coach has against rookie quarterbacks Minimum of 15 games coached, at least in sample, since 1950. Tomlin, this is a Tomlin spot. Give me the Steelers on the road to get to 3-1, and one, minus the 3 against the Texans. I wish the number was a 2.5. I'll take the minus 3 
in Houston. All right, so my first couple games, Dolphins plus the three, Steelers minus three. Game number three I'm going with this week, and I like this one a lot. And the numbers moved a little bit back towards us here. I'm going to take the Rams catching a point, basically pick them, but I'll, I'll, I'll take the point. Rams plus one at the Colts. I think we are paying, I think we're getting a break, and I think the market is paying too much of a tax for the results of last week. Before last week, before the Colts were one and one, and the Rams were one and one, and the Rams had beaten Seattle in Seattle, and they had played a very close game and covered the number against the Niners. And meanwhile, the Colts had lost at home to Jacksonville, and they had beaten the Texans, who were then winless on the road. That was the resumes heading into last week. If you had looked at this game, and let's say the game was in week three, you just said Rams or Colts, who's better? You would have said, well, McVeigh, Stafford, um, Puka, Nakua, more impressive performance so far within the division. I'm going to go with the Rams are, are better. Well, last week, the Rams lost a Monday night game to a desperate Bengals team. Lost and covered, or it leaves a push with a three, uh, the three-point number. And the Colts won a road overtime game in Baltimore. And that has now flipped the perception to make the Colts the favorite here. Anthony Rich has been cleared. He's coming back. We'll see if they're as efficient as they were with Gardner Minshew. The Colts have lost six straight home games. I don't see any home field here right now with this Colts team. I like what Sykin is doing. He's not McVay. McVay has been very good on short rest, especially with Matthew Stafford. I like McVay and Stafford this week to clean it up in the pass protection. They were good in week one and two. Only allowed one sack to the 49ers. Last week, they got they got manhandled a little bit on Monday Night Football against the Bengals. But this is a good week for the Rams to get right. I like the Rams plus the one. I think they win this game outright in Indianapolis. Plus, I like to fade teams off of overtime. That takes a lot out of your body. The Colts and Ravens, that's a lot of football last week. Physical football. I don't think the Rams, excuse me, the Colts will be... 100% physically. Now we'll see how Richardson is off of two games, basically two games being out. He got hurt within that Texans game early on. But, you know, typically you'd fade the Rams on a short week, Monday night to another road game Sunday. But I think that's evened out with the overtime thing. I think that, like that day of rest, that overtime thing really throws the whole thing off last week, the road overtime game for the Colts. Plus, it's a young team off a high. It's kind of like the Texans. Young team off a high of a win. This Colts team is a young team off a high of two wins, including an overtime upset last week. I think they have it done to them, and it's upset City with the Rams winning on Sunday in Indianapolis. Bounce back for Stafford, bounce back for Puka, and a big day for Los Angeles. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, let's go to game number four here. And this is the one now that has uncertainty. So as I'm recording this on Friday, throughout the day, you know, the news is coming out. Deshaun Watson is questionable with his shoulder. Was it throw much of practice? Kind of trying to keep this thing calm, whatever's going on, whatever's going on with his shoulder right now. I don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to play. And I do know Deshaun Watson played better last week, probably his best game as a Brown. He had a pass rating of 123.4. But I also know the Browns have been winning this year not because of Deshaun Watson. And it's why I'm not going to change my bet on this game. I like the Browns minus a point and a half against the Ravens in this game. Ravens coming off, as I just mentioned, a physical overtime game against the Colts. The Ravens have a lot of injury issues. And what's not changing in this game, whether or not Deshaun Watson can participate or not, is this Browns defense. This is the best defense of the league right now. I'm going to throw you a couple numbers at you. 
They're allowing an NFL low 3.2 yards per play. It's the best by a defense through three games since 2000. I mean, we're talking about the 2000 Ravens. Okay, opponents have had two red red zone attempts in three games. Opponents are converting third downs at a 19.5% clip. 19.5, you can't stay on the field. Only 12.8% of drives are ending with an offensive score, and opponents' drive time is averaging a minute and 48 seconds. They're off the field like that. The most yards Cleveland's defense allowed in a game this year is 255. That was against the Steelers. They've allowed 21 first downs through three games. They're holding their opponents to 4.7 yards per attempt in the passing game. Like, they are making everyone look so bad right now that I think they could win this game with Dorian, Dorian Thompson-Robinson playing quarterback. I really do. I, I know that Watson, you know, they for the Browns to be a Super Bowl team, to take this defense and go in January and, and beat the Chiefs and beat the Dolphins, they need Watson to show up the way he did last week. I don't know if that's happening. I don't know if he can. We'll see if they can overcome the issues losing Nick Chubb long-term. Their run game really wasn't good last week. It just was good in spots. So I don't love the Browns to score a lot against the Ravens. In fact, this strikes me as a 17-14 game, but that covers the number. Browns minus one and a half. This defense is real. They are legit. I don't think the Ravens are in a spot where they're ready to take advantage of it. Still have issues within their own injuries. Give me Cleveland this week to win the game. Minus one and a half against the Ravens. And if the Steelers win and the Browns win, we could be looking at, and we'll see if the Bengals figure it out, but we could start be looking at the Steelers and the Browns as the the combo that could soar to the top of this division. It's been Bengals-Ravens for a little while now. All right, my last one here, game number five for this week. I am going to go to Monday Night Football. I'm going to take the home dog. I'll take the Giants plus one and a half versus the Seahawks. The Giants, after loss... Straight up loss under Dable are six and one, and seven and one against the spread. But six and one straight up. Dable, most profitable coach against the spread after a straight up loss since the start of last season. I like the Giants in Week Two to win in Arizona because they got beat up by the Cowboys at home in Week One. Now they were down twenty-eight, not in that game, but they did win the game. And I like them now coming off the loss to the San Francisco 49ers. I think it's interesting. We're getting interesting perception on the Giants because they're only facing good or bad so far. They really haven't faced a team that strikes you more towards the middle, right? Arizona is considered one of the worst, even though maybe that's not true, but that's where they're considered in, in the market. Niners, Cowboys considered top five to six teams in the marketplace. So now you have Seattle, who I think is, is closer to the middle. I would say they're probably like, a I don't know, the 12th best team in football, something like that. They're, they're closer to the middle. I think you get a better picture on Monday of what the Giants are. I think they're going to win this game and you get a significant rest advantage, which I think the deeper we go into the season, the more you'll see me playing these these teams if the number's good. And the Giants are home dog in, on prime time because the Giants' last game was last Thursday night. And I'll just I'll just take it back to this past week. The Eagles had the Thursday night game in week number two. Then they went and played the Bucks in Mon- on Monday Night Football, so they got that long rest. It was Thursday all the way to the Monday, and. They outgained them by nearly 300 yards and won by double digits. Now you have the Giants Thursday in week three, all the way to Monday night in week four. It's a big advantage. You have Seattle able to travel across the country, home dogs for the Giants. It really, it really effectively is their season. If they go to one and three, I think we can pretty much write the Giants off because they'll have losses to you know, the three NFC losses and they'll have a head-to-head loss to Seattle. And you would figure those two teams would be in the wild card mix with each other, you kind of think forward what the wild card mix in the NFC is likely going to look like. 
Dallas or Philadelphia, whoever doesn't win the division, but let's just say Dallas right now, so they haven't lost them already. They have a head up, straight-up loss to Seattle. So the two teams that they might be competing with directly for wildcard spots, they'd be behind in terms of tiebreakers. It's a really big game. I think the Giants would be up, will be up for this game, a little bit healthier right now. Seattle coming off a big win, but they were a little choppy in that first half. And I thought Andy Dalton threw the football well against them, moved the Carolinas offense well against them, and I think the Giants have... You know, equal or probably better skill skill guys than the Carolina Panthers. This feels like a 24-20, 24-23 kind of win. Field goal at the end by Graham Gano kind of thing. Whatever. I'll take the point and a half. I'll take the Giants to win this football game outright. But let's play the point and a half as far as our picks. So the five picks for week number three, four in the NFL. Dolphins, plus three at Buffalo. Steelers, minus three at Houston. Rams, plus the one at at the Colts, Browns, minus one and a half, even with the uncertainty quarterback, because I believe in that defense so much, and I don't love this Ravens team. Browns minus one and a half at home against the Ravens. And game number five, the New York Giants, plus one and a half against the Seattle Seahawks as they try to even their record and get themselves to two and two. Everyone, have yourself an incredible weekend. Enjoy the Eagles. Enjoy the one o'clock Eagles. We don't get many of these. A one o'clock home game. For the Eagles on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field, the weather should be awesome after the rain finishes this weekend. Hopefully it's a, uh, a, a the start of a tremendous week of Philadelphia sports. We'll talk Monday on WIP Daily and on the Midday Show. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the picks. Hopefully we win some money together this weekend. Appreciate you guys listening, as always, on WIP Daily.